The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Good morning. Um, I, I feel like I've been blessed this morning just sitting among you guys, uh, worshiping uh, together with you this morning. Um, let me introduce myself. There's a lot of uh, the second tier of seats. There's a lot of people I don't know. Um, I usually come to the second uh, uh, service. Uh, my name is Patrick Still. I'm the director of youth programs for the Coffee Oasis. Uh, been a believer and a child of uh, Christ for 25 years. Um, uh, today, uh, I was asked to share a story with you. Um, we have been, as a church, going through a series of Bible stories. And I, I, I don't know about you, um, I wasn't raised in a, a Christian home. Uh, I was the first believer uh, within my household. So I, I even after 25 years of um, walking with Christ, uh, these stories aren't sta- necessarily stale to me uh, because, uh, you know, I kind of lived how I wanted to live and, uh, and did what I wanted to do for the first 18 years of my life. And then I came in relationship with Christ and he impressed in me a new purpose, a new way of life. And that changed what I pursued. Growing up as a uh, kid, I I distinctly remember having uh, West Coast Avengers issue 1 through 123. Those were my bedtime stories. Um, not, not things like David and Goliath or things like the parting of the Red Sea. Uh, I was all about Wolverine and stuff like that. But as I grew as a child, uh, my stories, as I grew as a child of Christ, my stories changed. I started being introduced to uh, stories of who Christ was and how he impacted lives. And again, we're going through uh, some stories today of the Bible, and today will be the story uh, of Ruth uh, told from Boaz's uh, standpoint. We, most of us uh, have heard this story from Ruth's um, side of things. I get to give you maybe the male perspective of this story. And, and the hope is, is in going through these stories that maybe we would again come and see God in a different way and see how God impacts lives. Not, and not see these stories as something fictional or see these stories as something distant, but see these stories as real people affected by God and that maybe we can see our story intermingled with theirs. Uh, 
Um, so I, I already said we would be in Ruth today, um, and that uh, I get to um, maybe illuminate the story from Boaz's uh, side of things. I think I'm distinctly qualified for this. Uh, I, I'm a guy, and I, anyone that knows me, I tend to be a guy's guy a little bit. Um, I um, tend to, uh, my wife recently let me buy a truck, and she says, after 12 years of asking, 12 years of marriage and asking for a truck, she goes, she goes I think you have finally got old enough and maybe wise enough or broken down enough uh, not to be out every Saturday moving people or doing projects. I'm going to let you have a truck, but I want you home. Um, so I, I, I am that guy. Um, so I, I think I can, uh, just from nature, can speak from a guy's uh, side or a guy's point of view in telling the story of Boaz. Um, to begin, um, I want to uh, kind of put you in a place a little bit. I want to set the setting of the story. Uh, where do where does Boaz enter into in this story? What are the circumstances or the content of the story? And I'm going to do it in a in a strange way. And I ask that you. Uh, accommodate this old scruffy guy in front of you and do what, do what he asks. Um, I want you to close your eyes. I know this might be a little bit vulnerable for you. I want you to close your eyes. Has there been ever a time that you were far away from home and you just wanted to get back home? How does that feel? Think about that for a minute. Was there ever a time that you counted on someone outside of your family to provide for you because you could not provide for yourself? Was, has there ever been a time that you felt helpless or hopeless in your situation? Has there ever been a time that you have come under the protection of someone else? How did that feel? Don't you open your eyes? This is the this is the content or the um, where we begin the story. Um, we begin the story with two main characters, Naomi and Ruth. And the situation is 
Uh, Naomi left with her husband this land of Betham because there was a famine going on. And she takes her husband and two sons and they leave this land that they know that is home. And they go to a place that is not so affected by the famine. And they leave everything that they know. And in this land that they left and went to, they, they marry um, Naomi with her husband. Her two sons marry two women. And they live in the fam- as a family uh, away from the famine. And things turn ugly. Things become hard. Naomi loses her husband. And what a sense of loss to lose a significant other. And then she loses her two boys. After 10 years of living in that land, she loses her two boys, leaving her daughter-in-laws without anyone to provide for them, just as the loss of her husband left no one to provide for her. So we see a a family of three, three ladies that have no provider, have no protector, are light years away from what they would call home. And they're stuck. And this is where we begin in the story of Ruth. You know, besides besides the fact of great loss of uh, family, besides the loss of insecurity because they don't know the land and they're, they're away from family or community that would provide for them. Just, just think of it. This is a mother-in-law with two young daughters that were married to her kids. What... Um, What does she do for her uh, daughter-in-laws? What position does that place Naomi in? This is the the seriousness of uh, the situation. So Naomi decides to pack up and go back to Betham, the land that she comes from. But she has two Moabite uh, daughter-in-laws with her. And this isn't a land that they're from. This isn't a land that they are accepted. This is a, a land where she's going um, that they would be very shameful in. And she she basically says, pack to your home. 
go back to your home because at least you'll be accepted. Go back to your home because maybe when you go back to your home, you can find a husband again that would provide for you. You have no opportunity uh, to find that person where we're going. Um, go back to your home, at least you'd be safe. And one of the daughters does go home. But R- Ruth, who loves Naomi, uh, decides to stay with her and go back t- uh, to Bethlehem with her. Um, what is the what is the circumstances? Um, want to read a want to read a, a verse. This is Naomi's words uh, from uh, Ruth one nineteen through twenty one. So the two women uh, went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived at in Bethlehem, uh, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women uh, exclaimed, can this be Naomi, the person that left many years ago? Um, Don't call me Naomi, uh, she says. Call me Mara. Because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. This is the view that Naomi had. The the situation was so dire that she even saw God striking out at her. Um, which, fortunately, uh, I think we've all been there before. Uh, God writes our story in a different way than maybe we want it, or puts something in our life that is uncomfortable for us, and we cry out, why, God? Why have you forsaken me? Why have you done something that isn't part of my plan? I think we've all been there before. But fortunately, that wasn't, that isn't God. God devises a plan using Boaz to provide, to protect, and to redeem uh, these two ladies. God devises a plan to meet their need, to love them as they need to be loved, to provide for them as his children. But Naomi just can't see it at this time. Those are the circumstances. That is the setting. A little, to add a little bit more to the setting, um, Ruthie is a Moabite. And I don't know if, if any of you know what a Moabite is. I, I, 
I uh, don't necessarily know what a Moabite is, but I do know that they were the uh, descendants of Lot. They were the descendants of Lot that um, went into incestuous relationships with their own family and spent most of uh, the Old Testament history at odds with Israel. They are a, a pagan um, people that follow many gods. Not the God of Israel, but many gods. Yes, they are in the line uh, of the Abrahamic uh, line because they are children of Lot, but they are a nation that has turned from the uh, God uh, of the Israel uh, nation and did their own thing. They... And Ruth decides to come back to uh, this people. And everyone knows who she is or where she comes from. Um, I, I identify with her a little bit. I uh, am not a stranger to um, weird things in my background. Um, uh, you know that that terminology from the other side of the tracks. I, I knew the other side of the tracks real well. In fact, I played there a lot. Um, and this this young uh, lady comes to a people that are not her people, with a very different background, and they know it. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about Boaz. Who's Boaz? One Boaz is a family member of Naomi's husband, late husband. He comes from the same clan. He can, comes from the same family. He's a middle child. He's not the oldest uh, son. He it also says in. Uh, Ruth 2, 1 through 8, that he is um, a landowner. In fact, if if you look, he's a wealthy landowner that um, has made his his money through being a farmer. Uh, The idea of Boaz being a simple man is he is an educated man, he is in a alerted man. He's a man that worked with his hands and built up his uh, his wealth. Um, some aspects, looking through the book of Ruth, you see Boaz as a man that works with his uh, his uh, work, field workers. He sits down, has uh, lunch with them. He's a man that uh, uh, also is a do it himself kind of man. Um, and I, I take this from uh, Ruth 3. Uh, the idea that he, Ruth finds Boaz on the uh, threshing room floor. Uh, as being a landowner, I don't think this would be part of his job description. Uh, he probably wouldn't be out there uh, splitting 
piles of wheat or grain and counting and bagging uh, grain uh, for sale. Um, the terminology I would like to use is if you have an important job, if you're going to do, if you have something to do, do it yourself. This is the idea around Boaz. He was out in the threshing room floor where theft could happen or uh, a fair price could not be given or temptation could be happening. And he's there on the floor counting bags of grain himself. Um, So a simple man, a man that worked hard, a man that was indirectly related to Ruth uh, and Naomi. So how did God God use Boaz uh, to show protection, show um, redemption, show provision uh, to uh, Ruth? Um, I, I, I ask that you forgive me. This is a bit of a love story. And you won't get that from me. Um, um, my 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 wife says, uh, you know, in order in order for me to know how you feel, you have to say that out loud. Um, and uh, that and I grew up in a household of men that don't talk about our feelings. Um, uh, I will say. Uh, when I met my wife um, and um, we started seeing each other and getting ready towards marriage, I took a lot of risks that w- were very uncomfortable for me. Um, and I had to. Uh, my wife, I think on our second date, says, uh, says this to me. Uh, she goes, every every little girl wants a man on a white horse to save them uh, from the tower. And they expect that each and every day. And uh, when she said that to me, I was like, oh, crap. Because <laughs> um, that, that's not me. Uh, uh, one, I... I don't see myself as a man on a white horse uh, uh, to um, I'm not given to great acts. Um, Three, um, the whole whole idea of romantic or um, courageous type love is is somewhat foreign or difficult for me. um, however, Boaz becomes that man for Ruth. Um, we see a first interaction um, in Ruth 2 between Boaz and Ruth. Um, um, Naomi and Ruth get into town. They don't have any place to stay, any means to provide for themselves. 
So Naomi sends Ruth out to work the fields. And the idea for Ruth to go out and work the fields was this, that she would go out and she would stay behind the harvesters. She would stay behind the women that would pick uh, the wheat. And after everyone came through, she would kind of timidly come and pick up the leftovers. Uh, And that was their plan to provide uh, for their house. However, fortunately, uh, God didn't stick with Naomi's plan. Um, Ruth went to uh, this farm and she did exactly uh, what uh, Naomi told her to do. She stood behind the harvesters and uh, the women uh, picking the fields and she kind of gleaned what was left over. And Boaz, I always picture this, um, sorry, it's probably uh, me. I always picture uh, this. Boaz comes back to the farm and he asks his workers, who's that? I haven't seen her here before. And they, the town being a, a town that knows everyone's business, they tell him uh, who, who it is. And I, I, you know, I, I think he, I always picture him riding up on a horse. And I always picture him when I was younger reading this uh, story, him, him doing his best Joey from Friends. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> and they strike up a, and they strike up a relationship. And he through through God's leading he provides for them far more than Naomi or Ruth uh can imagine he first takes her from st- being out on her own gleaning uh the wheat behind the women and he places her with his servants the women that are uh gleaning the wheat and the idea of this is out on her own, she could be unprotected, could be at the mercy of other workers. She's a young lady uh, in her uh, mid-30s that is in a foreign place. And she could be at, uh, in all kinds of trouble being out there on her own. And he places her into the community of women that is under his charge. Where she would be safe. Where she would be provided for. Her idea was to pick up the scraps. And reading the commentary, she walks away after a few days with enough wheat and barley to provide for her family for six months. He does one better as we read through chapter 2. He then says, no, no, you're going to be under the protection of these women. But not only that, you don't even have to uh, um, harvest like the women do. You can come right behind the harvesters and harvest your wheat. And he instructs his workmen 
not to bother her or question her, but to protect her. And he allows her to come and sit with him and eat, um, which um, was a great honor in that time. So in chapter 2, we see him already providing for the family. He's protecting her through putting her in this community of women. He's providing for her to allow her to uh, glean wheat, um, six months of food, things that could be sold to provide for her. He not only does that, but she is able to identify herself with him. He's a man of stature, a wealthy landowner, and she can eat with him. All of a sudden, her situation seems a lot more safer because she's tied to a community now. Um, We enter into chapter 3. And as a young man, I used to think this was scandalous. Uh, A little scandal. The threshing room floor. Um, There's some uncovering of feet going on. I don't know what that means. Uh, uh, There's also a a sharing of cloak uh, going on. Uh, You know, I think it was, I thought it was scandalous because she had to leave uh, the threshing room floor uh, before daybreak so no one could see who she was. So uh, being, being a guy that lived, lived, um, how I lived for the first 18 years, I, I thought uh, there's, some, there's something scandalous going on here. Um, the reality of the situation um, is Naomi uh, basically sends Ruth to, to Boaz where he is working and both of them are seeking uh, for uh, Ruth to be married to Boaz. Um, so she comes and uncovers his feet and lays down next to him. And why I like uh, Boaz is he could have taken advantage of that situation, but he doesn't. Um, this idea... Um, Again, what I used to think was scandalous, the idea that he covers her with the corner of his cloak. Just another uh, idea of his provision for her. He, he covers her and provides safety for her yet again. And I, I have... Uh, I'm an older man now. Um, still not an old man. Um, I've had the uh, opportunity to have a lot of children underneath me, uh, whether they were mine or not. Um, as a father, I understand this um, idea real well. You take care of uh, the people that God gives you. 
Uh, and this is what Boaz does. But Boaz is an older man. Um, he, about this time, he's probably around 70 years old. And Naomi is around 35, 40. He isn't married. So he seeks to change that situation. Um, but even in doing that, he's, he's being honorable. Um, in this book, there is a lot of uh, language about Boaz being a guardian redeemer. In that culture, it, a guardian redeemer was a person that, uh, if you were from his family, it was his, kind of his task or responsibility to provide for you. And Naomi and, um, and Ruth see him as that guardian redeemer uh, for them. A person that will free them, a person that will provide for them, a person that will protect them. And he does that. On the f- threshing room floor, um, Boaz gives, again, provides for uh, Ruth by giving her six gallons or about 30 pounds uh, worth of grain at the threshing room floor. Again, about three months of provision. Um, but he isn't, he, he realizes if he's going to marry uh, uh, Ruth, he has to do it right. He isn't the uh, guardian uh, redeemer. That right was um, supposed to be on the oldest brother. And Boaz is not the oldest brother. So he goes to her, his older brother, brings some elders, and basically says, will you redeem their property? Will you marry Ruth? And his older brother knows that Ruth is a Moabite. And he basically says, I'm not going to bring that into my home. That will disgrace my household. So Boaz, doing what was right, he offered that right to his brother. And then he took it upon himself when his brother rejected it. And he bought all the family's property. He did end up marrying uh, Ruth, giving them money to survive, giving them a name which is his own family's name, giving him a, them a family, a community that they did not have and redeeming them from the situation that they were in. Um, I had you guys close your eyes at the beginning of the time, and you thought about being far from home, or you thought about a time that you had to come under someone else's protection, and you thought about... um, and you thought about 
maybe some things that were kind of hard to think about. Um, you know, Naomi came, Naomi and Ruth came not expecting much. Um, they expected hardship. Naomi came expecting uh, bad or horrible things from God. But that isn't who God is. If we looked at the person of Boaz, God is a man, is a, has a nature of faithfulness, just as Boaz was. He has a nature of mercy and generosity. He wants to redeem. You look at uh, the second uh, part of Philippians. All he's looking is to call the people that were far away and the people that was hostile to him, to himself. And this is the nature of who God is. Y'all were picturing stories in your mind. Your story. Uh, A story when you were alone or far from home. How would that story differ if you knew God was sitting next to you. My, my wife, um, both me and my wife both come from broken families. Um, uh, my wife describes divorce as death. Um, we both have come from hurtful situations. My wife, uh, when I first was dating her, uh, described... Uh, some circumstances. Uh, She was uh, teaching conversational English in Japan, removed from everything and anything that she knew with no one that she knew around her. And at that time, being fairly immature in God, um, the only, only person that she had to cling to was God the Father during that time. For her, that time was a great um, time of growth uh, in Christ because the only person that she had was God the Father and God became her dad during that time. I I love the story of Ruth. I love the story of Boaz um, because we see the heart of our father. We see the heart of our father to want to provide for us, to want to meet us uh, in our vulnerability, to redeem us and reconcile us Uh, to him, to call us into his family as his children, to meet our greatest need through the person of Christ. Um, I pray seasons come and seasons go, and I know this well, and I pray the next time when you find yourself alone or hurting, maybe that's today. 
I pray that you see that you have a redeemer and protector sitting next to you. Just as Ruth uh, learned through the person of Boaz. Let me pray and I'll close. Lord, I thank you. I thank you and I praise you. Uh, You are God the Father and you love in a way that I don't completely understand but I desperately need. Uh, I thank you uh, for the provision that you have given in my life over the last 25 years, calling me as your child, providing unexpectedly, loving me day to day. Lord, I pray uh, that uh, when those times come again, uh, we as your children can cling to you, see your faithfulness, adore you as our Father. I just praise you and thank you in your son's name. Amen.